This is Honest Math Chat, and I'm Mona Eel of Mona Math. I'm a former math avoider turned math teacher cheerleader, and I'm going to get real honest with you about math classroom culture, engagement, math discussions, and all the student-centered instructional practices to help you empower your students to love and understand math deeply. So every Monday on Honest Math Chat, we're going to work together to make our classrooms places where students see themselves as mathematicians. But let's not wait. If you're ready to engage every learner and get them pumped about math, you've got to use math discussions. I welcome you to download the guide to engaging math discussions right now. Go to monamath.com slash discussions. You'll get all my best tips on how to guide on the side while getting every child meaningfully engaged in discussing their math thinking. Back to Honest Math Chat, and we're going to talk today all about why you need social emotional learning in your math problem solving. Now, if you know anything about equity-based math, we're going to go into that today. We're going to talk about CASEL and the competencies, but we're also going to talk about how math is the perfect place to teach our students SEL. So come on in. I'll see you in there. Let's get to work. Equity-based math means going deep with mathematical understanding and going deep with the humans in our community. Sometimes when we think about social-emotional learning and equity, things get dicey. Emotions are high and opinions differ. But I'm always going to keep it real with you here on the Honest Math Chat and serve up what I believe and have experienced to be the most powerful ways to help students develop positive math identities. A positive math identity encompasses a positive disposition toward doing math, growing self-efficacy, and deepening our understanding of mathematics. In my own classroom, I've used these practices that I'm going to share with you today to develop students who truly believe that they're mathematicians, that have the skills, the mindsets, and the understanding to prove it. Because as teachers, it's our duty to not just input information into our students, but to help them develop as citizens of a worldwide community. They need more than just knowing how to compute. They need skills, behaviors, and mindsets. They need social-emotional competencies. Social-emotional learning can and should be integrated into academic content areas. CASEL, C-A-S-E-L, says that integrated SEL is key to ensuring that we develop well-rounded humans. They say that a school exceeding an integrated SEL is doing this, and I quote, SEL standards and goals are clearly embedded in academic learning, and students regularly share their perspectives on how social-emotional competencies connect to what they're learning. Teachers actively engage students in co-constructing knowledge and making meaning of content through classroom discussions and collaborative structures. Teachers use intentional strategies to foster student ownership over their learning, including connecting their perspectives and experiences to instruction. That literally gives me the chills because it's exactly what we're trying to do in our math classrooms. Am I right? 
Student-Centered Math, specifically Word Problem Workshop, allowed me to create an opportunity where every day my students could co-construct knowledge and make meaning of content through discussions and collaboration, just like that definition describes. Further, in Word Problem Workshop, the goal is to be student-centered, where students feel empowered to take ownership over their learning, and they connect their mathematical reasoning to that of others. We're not just making kids better at math, we're making sure that our kids can tackle any math problem. We're making them better people. And problem solving is the key to integrating SEL into our math lessons. In Word Problem Workshop, we problem solve every day because problem solving gives our students the opportunity to practice the skills like decision-making, self-awareness, and self-management, while also interacting with their peers through collaboration and building their social awareness and relationship skills. And this all sounds good, right? Like, You want to jump in because you know this work matters, but then you remember that you have so many things that you're trying to do this year, on top of the fact that behaviors are out of control sometimes, and most of the time it's a struggle just to get everyone looking and listening during math. Am I right? I honestly understand. I really do. I don't want you to forget that I was a teacher for 15 years in Chicago public schools, in some of the most historically marginalized communities. I understand it is hard to reach kids and make math relevant when trauma is prevalent and school doesn't always feel like a safe place for our students, which is exactly why I have this fire inside of me burning to change communities that we create inside of our classrooms, specifically the math communities. Because math requires most of us to step out of our comfort zone and take risks that we can usually avoid. Math is the perfect place to develop communities that are inclusive and trauma-informed, where we address the mathematical growth of our students and the social-emotional growth. So let's break down a realistic plan for teaching social-emotional learning in math. Step one, choose a few character words that align with your school's framework or goals. For example, if you're using the CASEL framework as a school, you can choose words that relate to social awareness, which might be collaboration or courage. Or if you're working on responsible decision-making, maybe you use the words like integrity or risk-taking. Step two, once you have the word that you want to focus on, develop a few ways you would describe what that looks like in your math class. For example, if we're doing courage, it might be, I face my fears. I'm willing to do something if I'm scared. I have courage when I speak up in class, participate, ask a question when I don't understand. So step three is then make a plan to teach those to your students. And this might include a math game or a read aloud, a video, or even like an icebreaker morning meeting type game. The goal is to introduce your students to this focus area and help them see the importance. I find this happens best through an experience, like a shared experience. All right, then step four is to debrief that experience. You knew I was going to say debrief, right? (laughs) I love a debrief. Anyway, go back to episode 86 because that's what I'm talking about on that episode. All about debrief. And honestly, it's my favorite way to help students learn. To learn from the experiences that they just went through, through reflecting in a debrief. I do it every day in Word Problem Workshop. And basically, 
Everything else I teach, I teach through debrief. Okay, so plan a debrief. What did they learn about courage in that book or by playing that game? Was it hard to step into the middle of the circle and be silly in that activity we did? Or what did the main character do when he was scared? Use this discussion to build your own version of what it looks like to show courage. Maybe make a math courage anchor chart. And don't forget, you already did this, right? You have ideas because you pre-thought about what they might say. So you can kind of guide your students into noticing those things in the activity and then in the debrief. And step five is to reflect regularly and give students feedback by noticing their courage. So provide time during and after math for students to reflect on their courage. They could turn and talk, write it down to give an example of kind of like what they did that day. They could like have a little courage journal. However, one of the most powerful teacher moves is to just notice students. Just by simply saying, I see Clarence is taking a risk right now to participate, that takes courage. This helps them feel seen in their efforts, as well as builds their definition of that character trait within the context of your classroom community. Let me now provide you some context of how this works like within my own math classroom. In math, we do word problem workshop every day. It's an instructional routine that incorporates word problems, mainly one, from my curriculum or selected to match the learning goal for the day. Then we launch the problem, we grapple with the problem, we debrief the problem, and we reflect on the problem. Each of these parts of Word Problem Workshop, my students have opportunities to develop their character or their social-emotional goal. So I'm going to go through each of those four steps of Word Problem Workshop and tell you about that social-emotional development, okay? So step one in Word Problem Workshop is the launch. Students are making sense of the problem, they're understanding the context of the problem, retelling the problem, and generally just preparing to tackle something that's challenging that they might not yet even understand how to solve. If we continue on with our courage example from earlier, you can see that students might be unsure and worried about this impending word problem that they have to solve, right? And they have chosen to participate when they're unsure. A student like my student Traquan, who gets worried about reading the problem, may show courage by volunteering to do the retelling of the problem. And then again, I'm using that teacher move of noticing, whether that's to the whole group or to him privately. But I'm going to rely on my knowledge of students to do that. All right. And then in the grapple, this is the productive struggle time where students work alone on complex problems for seven to 10 minutes. And I'm there conferencing, nudging, questioning. They must have courage, integrity. They must self-monitor. The list goes on for all of the character traits and social emotional learning that students have to do within the grapple time. Jamar shut down every day during this time in math for about a month. He'd crumple his paper, he'd yell at me, he'd put his head down, he'd ask to go to the bathroom, etc. But I kept on prepping him and the class before every grapple time that it was an opportunity to practice courage. I usually do courage toward the beginning of the year because students really need that at the beginning of the year. But then one day he didn't throw his paper on the floor. Instead, Jamar put his name on it. 
And I honestly think he just forgot what we were doing because it was habit by that point in the year to just put his name on a paper. But dang, did I call that out. I noticed that child's courage and his effort. And I noticed it loud and proud for all to hear. He looked a tiny bit embarrassed, but there was a twinkle in his eye. And that was all he needed in that moment to get over that speed bump and to have courage to give this problem a try. Heck, he already started. Obviously, that's just one example. But you know, we do this kind of thing every day as teachers. Giving students a name for what they're developing inside of them is empowering. They are able to take that feeling and say, wow, I showed courage and I feel good about that. I'm going to keep doing that. All right, and then it's the debrief. And during this time of Word Problem Workshop, I select a few students to share their mathematical thinking, their models and their strategies, and we discuss it to develop our own math understanding. And this is the best time of day. However, it takes a lot of skills on the part of our students for this to be a student-centered and student-driven discussion. Students must self-monitor their listening, their thinking, and their body. They must attend to the examples and the discussion, right? Paying attention. Students must deal with the disappointment of not being picked to share or to share their thinking. They have to collaborate in turn-in talks. Students must seek the perspective of others, accept their ideas as theirs, and add their own understanding based on others' ideas. The list literally goes on for debrief, but courage and self-monitoring and relationships It's all in there. Now, the final piece of Word Problem Workshop is reflection. And John Dewey says, we do not learn from experiences, we learn from reflection. So I embed reflection into Word Problem Workshop. We take what we learn from the discussion and we apply it to a new problem. We reflect on that learning and demonstrate it. However, we also take time to reflect on our courage, integrity, partnership, leadership, whatever we're working on. Having a set-aside time where students know what to expect for reflection is key. This way, they are self-monitoring their courage or whatever we're working on throughout the Word Problem Workshop, and they're ready to share an example that they saw in themselves or maybe even one that they saw from a friend. So at this point, you might be thinking, sounds great. How do I do that? It's two parts, friend, okay? First, Word Problem Workshop is the core. Having a rigorous, student-centered instructional routine or lesson design is the foundation for the SEL work. Once you have your Word Problem Workshop in place and students are regularly interacting with rigorous, deep mathematical thinking tasks and discussions, then you're ready to layer in the SEL component. It will not only build your students' capacity, it will build a positive and inclusive community within your math classroom. So if you're ready to start laying down that foundation of rigorous math thinking tasks and discussions and making it an everyday thing where you are problem solving every day, you need this Word Problem Workshop teacher training. This teacher training is open for enrollment for one more day, okay? It's open until Tuesday, November 21st at 9 p.m. Central Time, okay? And then we're going to close down the doors for this enrollment period, and we're going to get to work together. The teacher training is actually kind of like bingeable. It's like six or seven videos that you can watch right away. You're going to get all the materials, things like 
word problems for your grade level for an entire year. Just hit print and you're ready to go. You're going to get all the planning that you need for these particular tasks so that you are able to anticipate and really give your students those nudges and those just-in-time supports when they need it in that problem-solving process. You get all of the things you need to make this happen in your classroom so you can lay down that solid foundation. And then we can start to layer in this integrated SEL. Thank you so much for tuning into Honest Math Chat Podcast. I love hanging out with you every Monday. Please go ahead and subscribe and leave a review and share this with your fellow math teachers. I always invite you to send me a DM and let me know what you think. You can find me over on Instagram most of the time at Math. I would love to chat with you, especially if you have any questions about Word Problem Workshop or anything that's ever in these episodes. Can't wait to see you next week. Talk to you soon, friend. Well, that was your dose of Honest Math Chat for today, friend. Thanks so much for listening. It would mean so much to me if you subscribed, shared this podcast with your friend, or leave a comment. If you have not downloaded my free guide that I made in response to the questions you have all about engaging your students in math discussions, go grab it, monamath.com slash discussions. And if you have other questions that I haven't answered, shoot me a DM on Instagram at hellomonamath. I can't wait to chat more with you next week. Remember, we're here every Monday. I'm always listening on my way to work. When do you listen? See you soon, friends.